I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? Welcome back for another episode. I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Noel John Toby. We got Karen Mack in the back, and this is Invasion of the Potty Snatchers. Let's get to it, motherfuckers. All right, Noel. Yesterday we had that fucked up experience of From Beyond. Now we kind of go a bit more romantic, a bit more sophisticated, a bit more and racy. <laughs> we interview with the vampire and um, Noel, this motherfucker, this is your choice. And um, it was nice actually, it was a big kind of like, because first we had Rosemary's Baby, it was kind of very like suspenseful. Alice Sweet Alice was this kind of fucking pure mind fuck nearly like. And then we had From Beyond, which is a grotesque fucking extravaganza like absolutely an in, yeah. interview the vampire is kind of like very classic horror yeah very gothic you know what i mean it's very colonial or something very like. romanticized as well it lends yeah. itself to a few genres i really yeah and rice who penned the book actually wrote the screenplay as well yeah so um, i haven't read the books i assume because you know they haven't read popular. the books either but yeah, yeah i assume it's a very similar tone you know what i mean and the dialogue i i thought was amazing and the interactions between the main characters like louis lestat and claudia um, and even later on in the movie, uh, Louis and um, Armand, uh, Brad Pitt and Antonio Banderas, and um, uh, like I just love the interactions between them. The 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 way the the lines are very uh, over the top, very dramatic. You know what I mean? Very like of the era. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like something you'd read in a play. You know what I mean? It, it kind of reads like um, uh, a playbook or a, not a playbook. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? What do you call like a is is a not a screenplay what do you call it? a script for a play like when you're a playwright what do you write just a script is there yeah it's just a script but like, yeah. to me it kind of feels like a play like it's, uh, it belongs on the stage oh yeah it does yeah it's it, it it's uh like it's told from this it's narrated in it yeah. as well, for starters yeah. you know but let me take way. you to a time and then you know you the, the lights go black and they take the background out the yeah. new background in yeah it, it does it does lend itself to that definitely yeah because you can imagine like the whoever's playing louis to be standing up at the top of the stage and as you said it goes black and he just kind of falls back into the curtains yeah and then all of a sudden it sets the stage again like you know should i tell you about the should, what did he say um what book did he mention um Oh, he, he mentions a book. Should I tell you about this? Uh, like a great book, or, or is it Tom Swift or Tom Sayers? Was it good? Or uh, no, David Copperfield. Should I should I should we should I tell you a story like David Copperfield? The the begin uh, how it began my life and the end um, and death or something. And he goes, or should I begin at the beginning of my new life, uh, my life of death or some shit like that? Yeah, isn't yeah. It? Where he talks about how he became a vampire and that's where he picks up the story because he, he speaks a little bit about how he lost his wife and child to the plague or something. Or um, the Black Death or something. Black Death, yeah. was it? Like, yeah, so, the Black Plague. Yeah, which was the plague. I don't know why you're correcting me with the same answer, you motherfucker. I just trying to sound <laughs> smart. Like, uh, I pulled it off and didn't fucking care for me. With the Bibionic P.A. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find it was the Bibionic P.A. The Bibionic P.A. They took the derps. It's okay, my girl. Take a look at your virgina. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, but like it, it, I love the way like it, it's shows us that like straight away it shows us the fucking um, his lust for death and death came and found him. Yes, you know what I mean. I think that's he said I didn't care if it was the whore by my side or the pimp that followed him. Yeah, that exactly. followed her because he just wanted to be reunited with his loved ones. Cause yeah, he's lost a melancholy. Oh yeah, absolutely yeah. lost, and I and, and it seems Lestat kind of sensed it. Yeah. Uh, was drawn to it yeah it's kind of like in the strain um the master is uh i don't know if you've seen the strain series amazing but the master or vampires now they're drawn to despair and that's why he ends up in new york after 9 11 because of the he's drawn to that despair and then 9 11 occurred and one of the most despairing things that that ever happened in the fucking history of humanity especially modern history and that like he was drawn to that maybe lestat was the same he's seen this guy who was just filled with despair we could read thoughts uh, as well i'd say they yeah. were like though that's that would have been screaming at him yeah exactly yeah and and i think he he knew his story um like that he probably knew he was a person of wealth a person of privilege that person if he could turn could he could use him greatly to his benefit and like so he used his his lust for debt against him in the sense that i'm going to give you a new life but also you're going to provide me with a better standard of life 
as well you know what i mean because i'm sure the stat was kind of living on the edges he's kind of seems like that kind of person that is able to travel in fine circles but never really belongs to them you know that kind of way like a serial killer like that's like a predator he's able to go amongst like do you ever see those serial killers that can go in amongst high society and they're able yeah. to kill motherfuckers like without ever being known yeah. they're like oh he was at a he was such a good this and this this and this yeah you know charming I mean? intellectual yeah exactly yeah inviting like, because like when Lestat goes into this place to me Lestat feels like a person that's masquerading as high society that comes yeah. from a much lower background that's what Lestat always gave to me, that his insecurity... Lestat has the life yeah. that he decides he wants to have. Yeah, but no, I think it's kind of like talent to Mr. Ripley, kind of. Like, he's living a fake life, a life that yeah. he wants, but he never really belongs to. Kind of like, um, uh, what's that, the, kind of like the guy that killed Versace, didn't he kind of live in, like, high society? And kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Circus. David Cunanan, I think his name is. And like, Buchanan, or, or, or yeah, 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 I can't. Yeah, yeah, or Anthony Cunanan, I think his name yeah. is. But like that kind of person that mingles in high society but never really belonged and hates them for it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and even if they actually do make him feel belonged, he never feels like he belongs. There's always that thing. Now I have something you don't. Yeah. Like now I'm a predator. Now mm. I now I feed on you. Like you know how much higher. Like you were higher in mean society. Now I'm higher than you on the fucking food chain. Exactly. That's why he feeds in high society. I believe because yeah. he feels slighted. Like if I became a, a predator, what's you, the prey you're going to choose? especially if your prey is human is the one that you feel a slight age of the most the ones yeah. that you believe in your mother. well that's a classic thing you know serial killers they they ended up killing women that look like their mother yeah exactly or whatever the thing exactly. is exactly yeah. you know what i mean so that's why i think louis or sorry not louis lestat i think comes from a lower like like i'm sure there's like anybody that listens to this and Anne rice fan it's probably like you fucking dumb motherfucker this is his background yeah 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 yeah, whatever, yeah. Right? but i don't know this but to me he screams like a person that is mingling with people that he actually despises and the reason he despises them is because they ousted him at one stage or another and another in his long life. And I think that's why he feeds off the rich, because maybe he feels like they rejected him at one stage and now he's turned him into prey. Look, yeah. as you said, it's like you're higher you say to me, I'm higher in the food chain than you. Yeah, you know he had I mean? such disdain for them. And, uh, yeah. and he uh, and and this same, is, this same is kind want of, to be them as well. But he? the cruelty. Mm. Like there was like on like obviously he feeds on fresh blood and human taste the best so he's obviously psychotic enough that like because you know there was the whole debate and he goes but it is possible he goes anything's possible yeah um but uh he had such disdain for them that the level of his cruelty was just he tied with them yes Maybe he the, felt like the, the, the new orleans that i mean i mean she's here as interest over it was the, the 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 woman who played her but she's just new orleans whore that's that's what they said guys i didn't say that it's a uh, courtesan we'll call it yeah courtesan yeah. Yeah. yeah but he um when he's trying to tempt Louis into feeding. Is that was, the girl that he eats the breast? No, that's yeah, the first girl. Yeah. The yeah, first girl. Bice, yeah. yeah. I will not take her life. That one. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, butts her in a coffin and all that kind of jazz. No, no. No, that's the another horse. Oh, yeah. No, uh, the first one. Damn it. Yeah. yeah. Well, the first one, remember, it was that <laughs> lady with the, the dogs. I'm people. The I'm pe using horror a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there was that woman with the dogs and he's he's always going to take her. The old lady. Like, yeah, the old lady yeah. who, and man had read her thoughts and realized that she had had her paramour kill her husband yeah and had blamed it on a slave yeah and the, so there you go like and there. the slave was killed like, could you imagine what they did to the slave is yeah, what he himself actually, said yeah. and even he like could you imagine that's he, what i'm saying like i think the star has that disdain for them yeah. because i think he like he feeds on like uh prostitutes and he feels on women and like low risk but he he fucking loves to feed he on the rich yeah, yeah, that's yeah, because like a, 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 a prostitute or something like that is someone you can literally invite into your home and will come willingly. And that's why serial and, killers and, have... that, and that'll feed you. Yeah, yeah. like and that'll literally. In, in this case, it's not like feeding. She's a, like takeaway. Yeah, ta absolutely. That's all, and nothing but more. But high society is fine dining. Yeah, and that's where he hunts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like it's kind of like it's a difference than if you buy steak at a supermarket. Yeah, but if you go out and you fucking kill a deer. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely. you know what I mean? There's the game to it. Oh yeah, you know, and, and and that was it. That was half the fun to him. There's a reason why he starts with prostitutes with Louis because that's low risk, isn't it? Like yeah. bring it to him. They go missing all said. the time, and no, yeah, and, exactly. uh, and then they're not looked for very hard. Yeah. <coughs> it's not like back then we had like FBI's or some shit looking for people. Like, no, 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 no. I mean, we don't now, to be honest with you. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? We don't, yeah. like, you know. Um, but it was uh, introducing them to that world. I thought it was again it, the whole thing is very sexy and it's very yeah. gothic and it's very like it's very high English. Yeah. You know they they, they that's the same. It belongs on the stage. It belongs on the stage, but also like that's why you know Kirsten Dunst didn't she get an Oscar for this? Yeah, definitely nominated anyway. Yeah, I think she, I think she won. Uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, 
But uh, they, uh, as I was saying to you earlier, like you were like, I think this is she, her acting. I think this is her best acting. Her acting kind of got worse as time went on. I was, and I said, yeah, but there's something to be said for what you're given. This is a very, very intense role with some absolutely wonderful dialogue. Yeah. Like the arguments, the start argument with Louis and... Uh, no, and, I don't think she's ever won an Oscar, dude. No, okay, fair enough. She got nominated then. No, it doesn't say. No? It just says her wins, though. Right there, you keep talking, I'll check out for them. But she, uh, but it was when people were arguing because Lestat argues with Louis, Louis argues with Lestat, Claudia argues with Lestat, Claudia argues with Louis. The three of them argue amongst themselves, and it was always some absolutely wonderful dialogue. Tom Cruise, she got nominated for Golden Globe, Golden Globe. She, Tom Cruise, absolutely chewing up the scenery, he was fantastic. Yeah, in this. great pantomime villain. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But even but in the best possible way. But he delivered his lines so well. Yeah, you know, he and he had great lines. Yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I just, it was just so refreshing to see Tom Cruise as an actor. Yeah, an actor. You know, because now he's Mission Impossible yeah. and he's on all these kind of things. But like this was him as an actor. His, his um. I would have said it's like his persona is more manicured now than it was back then. Yeah, that's true. That's you know? true. He was very raw. His energy was raw. His cruelty and he's spontaneous. Like, look at Tom Cruise in like a movie like Injury the Vampire. Look at him in Collateral. Like, I think like two of his best roles of all time are both villainous roles. Yeah. And he doesn't get to do that enough. No, he's an action hero. He's Yeah, he's John Reed. Reacher and he's yeah. Mission Impossible Jack Reacher. Jack Reacher and there's Mission Impossible 21 or whatever the fuck it is like, <laughs> um, but I just thought he was my favourite thing about the entire film he was so villainous like he was so enjoyably villainous yeah. like again there was the this was a very serious film but they still had a slight campiness to it yeah. you know because of the era because of the era yeah, yeah. and how and it was it, perceived in the 90s as well like, you know? and how it was perceived in the 90s yeah. exactly yeah and again it had a great storytelling device because Brad Pitt could just take you from the Victorian area into the, the rise of the steam engine and the the, 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 the way he told the story is beautiful though, beautiful it? and he's like there was again my long lost friend uh, my long lost blue do you remember when he's talking about that yeah. we start seeing watching sunrises in um in the movie theater. yeah yeah Superman yeah yeah, he was watching Christopher Reeves comes up and, fly, yeah. and flies around the world. Like, and could you imagine see. that though? Like, because uh, like, it said, I think he said it was two hundred years since he'd seen the color blue or something like yeah. that. Like, and he's like, how how I longed for to see the blue waters of the Pacific. Well, I had to get a trade in for blacks of night or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because he's talking about how like because like literally his whole world of like when he was probably thinking as a younger man adventuring into the wild into the venture into the world it's filled with color and it's filled with all these yeah. different things but by the time he gets there he's already been turned as a vampire so his whole world is the night so yeah. like I think that's what kills him the most is oh the, of course the, yeah the lack of color you can even see like I, th I thought like the vampirism and the romanticism and the Kind of love that was in this film. Do you remember when Claudia gets out of her coffin because she's a vampire? Yeah. Climbs and tiptoes around the sunlight. Yeah. And climbs into the coffin of Louis, and you were just that was just I thought that was such a great symbolism of of like the darkness that they lived in, but the love they found for each other inside. Yeah. Like there was it was every it was such a good basis to tell a story from uh, because you get to go back through centuries. Yeah. You get to jump ahead 50 years if that's what you feel like doing. And the actors were so good that you actually bought it. Yeah, you, super oh, place to leave a coffin off your vampire out a window. Yeah, yeah. With the curtains open. With the curtains open. Makes no sense. No sense at all. You know what I mean? Anything could happen. It's like, oh, I love you, Claudia. I'm just going to position your coffin right yeah, here. Yeah, and and then, yeah. I'm taking bay window. Yeah, bay yeah. window. <laughs> I just might leave you on the roof. <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, well, she sneezes during the night and knock the, knock the lid off. Oh, absolutely! And you roll out. Yeah, 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 I mean? yeah, yeah. Anything can happen. Uh, Risk mitigation. I thought it was a that there was one thing that was truly funny is when Claudia makes herself uh, a companion. Well, he has she has Louis do it. Yeah. And uh, that that bitch is a vampire for like eight minutes. <laughs> like she doesn't even fully turn nearly. Like, it's pretty uh, yeah, much yeah, like yeah. She's, she's in the throes of turning. Now it's like yeah. Uh, she she's like what's wrong with her? And he's like she's dying. And yeah. She's like, uh, you did too, but you're too young to yeah, remember. Yeah. Exactly. Said it's only mortal death because she'll turn again. Like you yeah. know. Um, yeah, but she's, uh, it's like she was like a vampire for a sneeze. Yeah. It's like, that's ah, you dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and son. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was. Yeah. I love the way Claudia kind of slowly poisons Louis against Lestat. Yeah. Like, I love that because she actually is very manipulative towards Louis. Actually, 
constantly on guard against Lestat and his influences. But he doesn't understand that the major negative influence in his life in a lot of ways is actually Claudia. Yeah. Because his life starts taking a downward spiral after the lose Lestat. Because if they were, in she's the... still she's like a she's still sixty or seventy or eighty years old. Yeah, that's the age. you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and she's she's thirty she's years a, have passed. I think yeah, said. thirty so, years. 30 so years. she's 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 a pre like uh, she keeps some of her childish nature, yeah. but she and she's locked in the body of a prepubescent girl. Yeah, but she is actually by the time she died, she probably was about fifty or sixty because it, yeah. I think thirty years have passed and they're still with the staff. And after it left him, remember they said they traveled to all these different places. Yeah. So back in the day, to travel all those different places would take you fucking years, like you know. Yeah. Uh, the betrayal of Lestat was my, probably one of my favorite scenes. I mean, my favorite scene actually was the revenge of Louis, but the betrayal of Lestat, where uh, she uh, the pupil uh, becoming the master. Yeah, she goes. I I brought you a present, Claudia. Like, and she goes, "Is it? I hope it is a woman with endowments that you shall never have." I love that. <laughs> yeah, 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 that was a great. This what I mean. So I mean, in terms me. of like, because like, uh, you know, everyone knows that you can't handle the truth. Yeah. Uh, dead or alive, you're coming with me. And uh, game you know, over, man, game, game over, man, game over. It's just been revoked. Yeah. Everyone knows these lines, but like, I think, I think. Um, there's so many of them in Into the Vampire that one didn't stand out. Yeah. There is just great line yeah. after great That's line like after great between line. between the three main characters. Absolutely fantastic. Like yeah. the actual arguments. Yeah. Uh, you know, like again with the with the New Orleans uh, courtesan. Um, completely different than us as well. Like, yeah, know? where he's arguing, he's trying to, he's begging uh, to stop the killer because, yeah. you know, it's not like she's not going to die, but he's not going to be a party to it. Yeah. And, they're just treating her like she's not even there and the arguments they're having the dialogue is wonderful yeah, and he exactly. just goes it's a coffin it's a coffin and then he lets her out and she was like oh she goes it was a coffin he goes so it is yeah. you must be dead you know <laughs> what I mean and he's just so vindictive and unnecessarily yeah. cruel for the sake of what he needs from her is yeah, her life yeah, but when did he get turned like so like, you know what they I mean? never yeah they never yeah, all, sure all, they... all we know is that Armand is older yeah we probably find out in Queen of the Damned or something I've never seen that movie I don't think I've yeah I haven't seen it either the one with the late um, Alea is that how you pronounce Alea, it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, Rest in peace. And, is that uh, that same universe? Um, it's the same writer. That's because uh, like it's something we spoke about before we went on air. Is that, um the the subtitle um for this is the uh, Vampire Chronicles, which I never knew it actually had no, a subtitle attached to, which obviously comes from the Anne Rice book a series. I assume, yeah. And Queen of the Damned um was set in the same universe because the stat is in it as well. Why well, he's played by Stuart Townsend, as far as I remember. Right. Um, so I'm sure they probably because I think that's a prequel. Because um, she's like a vampire queen or something. I think I might actually go and watch it just to, just to know. But um, I, I assume maybe if it's a prequel that they give a bit more about his backstory and shit like that. Like, but um, to me, it feels like he's been hunting and killing humans for a long time. He's so um, indifferent towards human life that it, to me, it feels like he's been hunting him for probably a century, at the at the very least, at this stage. Yeah. Um, because he's like a total shark in the water. You know what I mean? Like f- humans are just food to him. Oh yeah. Like, and it's just about the different ways that he obtains his food. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and it's also like, again, how bored you become with things if you live yeah. long enough. And that's uh, why he, he probably loves someone like Louis, someone lost in despair. Oh yeah. Because he feels like a right companion for him. Really. And, he, and somebody can mold because like yeah. somebody who doesn't care what happens to them, you, yeah. you, you could introduce them to anything. They don't, they don't have an investment. Yeah. You could have mold. He was trying to mold himself a companion. Probably saw a lot of himself in him. Yeah. Because maybe he was down and out by the time he got turned. He wasn't given a choice, as he keeps saying. I yeah. think it's the last line of the entire Armand film. Took him, didn't he? I Armand. See, uh, I'm going to give you the choice that I never had. That's yeah, Armand. He says to Armand. Uh, Louis says to Armand, "You knew Lestat." He goes, "I knew him well enough not to mourn his passing." Yeah. Was the line? So I don't. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually don't know. But uh, oh God, it was a beautiful film. It was because Armand's the oldest. He's four hundred years old. He's four hundred years old, and he's never met a vampire older than himself. Yeah, which again, I, I I want to know then, how did you become a vampire? Because it stands to reason that he's someone turned him. That someone turned him because he, he didn't say that he's the progenitor. That he's maybe he means I've yet to meet since then. I've yet. Yeah, to yeah, meet. absolutely. Yeah, you know or like I mean? or that that vampire I know is dead. Yeah, exactly. So maybe so I haven't met a vampire yeah, older. Maybe that's he why killed he, his sire. Maybe, maybe that, so. Maybe like, that's what yeah. we kind of hinted at. Um, once again, and race people are probably like, I'm telling you, what happened with Armand? Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah absolutely. Like, and they're like, read that book, fuckheads. <laughs> 
I wouldn't even like if somebody told me to tell me what the film is about. Again, you read the synopsis; it was a single line. It sums it up, but it doesn't do it justice. Not even close. Not even close. This film is such a wide, like it's so immersive and it's such a wide landscape. It's so beautifully shot, and yeah. the, the 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 care they took yeah. to make everything of its era. Brad Pitt's such a good narrator. Oh, he's he such did a in good Curious narrator. Case of Benjamin Button as well. He's such a good narrator. I listen to him all day. Like he has this, I don't know. It's, it's Gravitas. Like, yeah, it's like yeah, exactly. Just the presence. Yeah. Like when he's in that that room, with Christian Slater. I love when Christian Slater goes, "Is this your home?" He goes, "No, it's just a room." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's like because because to Christian Slater, I think that was kind of maybe to emphasize like Christian Slater. This is amazing moment. And to him, it's just another thing. Yeah. I just want to put my story on record. It's yeah. nothing to me. Like you know. What Actually, I mean? I'm quite fond of crosses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, just good lines, yeah. man. And just delivered what well. What does he say? Uh, the Ravens of a drunken Irishman or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. But but uh, like I don't hashtag Bram Stoker. Hashtag Bram Stoker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but it's uh, going back and revisiting it uh, twenty years later. I don't know when the last time I watched this movie is. Probably twenty years. Yeah, I watched it like last year because I did a, an article actually on some like the different. Uh, the article was pretty much different ways vampires are used in movies, and like I, I picked different kind of like like uh, Thirty Days a Night is very animalistic, and you, you watch like a, a guy they used Friday Night with Colin Farrell. He's more like a, a neighborhood serial killer, you yeah. know that kind of guy that lives next door, Jerry Dundridge or Dandridge, and he's very charming, like a Ted Bundy living yeah. next door to you all your life. And he was like the, the the whole all of the like like Bram Stoker's Dracula was all of the cliches turns into mist bat yeah exactly you know because well, he created like not even that he created a lot of those but it, that was it uh in its um not uh in its adolescence a lot of ways the mythology of the vampire yeah because bram stoker wrote that such a long time ago i mean Anne rice writes her books obviously i'm not sure when she wrote her books maybe in the 80s or 90s because this book is this movie's in 94 so obviously yeah, before november that, 11 94 you yeah. know what i mean like so um the way I look at it is that the different iterations, like so you have this kind of over the top version of Vlad Dragul in Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, played by Gary Oldman, this like real pantomime kind of thing, because that was the understanding of the lore at the time. And as the lore has evolved and as storytelling has evolved, you get this more modernized version of the vampire away from the campiness. And even though it's a movie about a story told in colonial America, a lot of it is, uh, Anne Rice wrote it in a more contemporary time and that's why she was like you know crosses why would a cross her vampire well if the vampire was Muslim what would a Christian cross mean to him yeah it makes no sense yeah. like anything that's uh, lodged or attached to religious iconography makes no sense in the grander scheme of well a lot of it was like written by somebody who was like when it's written by somebody who's of the religion it would be yeah. confirmation in Ireland, in Ireland of that time as well yeah it would have been confirmation I mean? of that as the one true religion of course because a cross actually rejects quantifiable evil yeah but of course you're absolutely right it's 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 it, it was like silly but the one thing that fuck you Twilight the one thing that, that rang Sparkles. true was fucking sunlight. Yeah. And I like that. That's the one thing. I, purification. Yeah. Man. yeah. So one thing I always thought it was so needed to be. The only thing that feeds the darkness is the light. That's it. Yeah. That's and it. it's so it's so symbolic. It's so metaphorical. Uh, and it just, you couldn't take it away. It's the one truth. The night is always darkest right before the dawn or whatever. All, yeah. yeah I mean, Jesus. It's, it's, what was that in? Shit. Game of Thrones, maybe? Or Lord of the Rings. One of those two. It was in a thing. But, it was uh, definitely in a movie. But what was your favorite scene from this? Because I will talk about my favorite scene. Um, my favorite scene. Um, I'll steal your one. <laughs> I'll do. Yeah. yeah uh, no, no. no. <coughs> um, well, if no. it was your favorite scene, you have to steal it. No, you know no, no. Uh, my favorite scene, probably looking back through it, was the betrayal by Claudia and yeah. Lestat because she put something in. She killed the kids and they were dead a while. Um, Lord, but. Lot, but it keeps the blood warm. Yeah, genius. Genius. Yeah, but obviously, he I, told her never to drink dead blood. Yeah, I, I would have thought you know, you know dead blood is just disgusting to them, yeah. but dead blood is poisonous. Yeah, no, because that that makes sense. Because the need, if you don't have any sort of life within you, you need sustenance to be like literally. I think it's the warmth of the blood. I think it's because you know, maybe you're cold blooded, cold blooded. But um, it could be because you're cold blooded and you need to heat up your circulatory system for lack of a better term. Like, yeah, yeah. Reptiles are cold blooded, so they sit, they bask in heat, so they can uh, warm up their body. Maybe it's a case of that. Like it's like if you're if you don't keep replenishing yourself, and if you replenish yourself in the wrong way, it's like toxic, completely toxic to you. Like you know, because yeah. you're dead already. 
So you're staving off death? Yeah. Really? I constantly. Yeah. I always thought, like, you know, essentially you're buying in their their life. Yeah. Uh, to continue your own, yeah, like which that. all depends on the universe too, because the people. Oh yeah, well, if there's, well, if there's the one world. thing that has been stretched out and twisted and turned around, nothing. There's nothing that can compare to vampires. Oh, of course, yeah. nothing. Yeah, because no superhero genre, no action. So much genre. lower around the world has a different interpretation of yeah. vampires. and then just to tell you know, like I mean, like but Blade beside interview with the vampire, I mean, yeah. he couldn't. Could you know not I mean? be. It's hard to believe that's about the same sub sub uh, genre of uh, monster. Exactly, you know, yeah. it's crazy to think. But this, like again, everything about this was so beautiful and sexy. I thought, I thought an amazing scene was when the vampires were killing women on stage. Yeah, but everyone oh, thought yeah. it was a part of a play. What? And one woman's like, "I'll be next. I adore you." And yeah. she's like, "You'll wait your turn." Uh, vampires be, pretending to be humans, pretending to be vampires. That's a great line as well. Uh, and, and remember, Kirsten Dunn's uh, Claudia, how avant garde, because <laughs> 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 she's like a fifty or sixty year old woman. That's or whatever it. Yeah, yeah. She's not saying she's just caught in, caught in the yeah. body. Like, yeah, yeah. actually, no, because the stat is dead at this stage, so she's probably like fifty or sixty. Yeah, I assume there's about a twenty year gap between when they kill the stat and when they end up in Paris. Yeah. Give or take. Yeah. Give or take. It seems like that because. Back in whenever the 1700s or whenever this was made, like or set, to travel to Egypt, to travel to Greece, to travel to Rome and all these places, that would take you fucking ages. Yeah, you know of course. I mean? Yeah, you yeah. spend time in all those places too, you know what I mean? Months, like yeah. literally months, yeah. Or years as well. Or And you might, and you would have to make special preparations as well. Because you're traveling at night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, just looking back at it, just the scope of it, it's so hard to break down yeah. and compartmentalize. Because again, it's based over centuries, and it's a story of time. It's a story of love. It's a story yeah. of betrayal, and and then again, the, the my favorite scene was when uh you know the, the one crime that you can't commit is a you can't can't kill your own kind. Yeah. So it's that was brilliant. Claudia and her her the the woman she just turned who had done nothing. So go figure. Uh, they were. Yeah. Why did they kill her? That's good oh, associate guilt by association. Guilt by association, or yeah, like well, or, or the fact that she was made by, by someone yeah. who was a betrayer or whatever. Um, uh, but, what did it call fruit poison fruit was it fruit of a poison tree or some shit yeah, yeah well, fruit that, from the poison tree yeah, yeah well, the, the, the true the true them in and uh, I don't the, the revenge name. scene yeah. where he just pours I don't know what it was it was a dark liquor it was obviously flammable and he just sets all the coffins on fire and a woman wakes up screaming he chops off her head yeah. with the sight uh, and then it was just cool people just jumping or something. people just jumping out of their coffins like you know 50-60 yeah. feet on fire Absolutely spectacular. Then he takes on Irish actor. You know him off the top of your head. A mouthful of water, dude. <laughs> Stephen Ray. Stephen Ray's character. Yeah. And the, the absolutely awesome scene where he, he, he thinks because he's so fast, he pops up behind him. But yeah. the swing that uh, that Louis takes at him, he, he makes it a 360. He uses the momentum of the, the first side. half of his swing to, to turn around. Yeah. And he catches him at, like a foot, at an angle. And chopped straight through him. I thought that was just fantastic. I was just, I was watching that and I thought to myself, that's an action scene. Yeah, when I was watching that uh, scene, I was like, there's probably nobody more detrimental than to the existence of vampires than Louis. Yeah. Like his creation by Lestat is like a massive detriment to vampires. Like that's probably the biggest, I know, coven or nest or whatever yeah. you want to call it. But that's with the world's oldest vampire. Yeah, the, you know what I mean? The world's no, oldest known vampire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I don't want. Of people that are older than my vampires coming at me and saying that we're not giving them the props that they're older than 400 years that our man's not the oldest vampire we get it we yeah. get it. there's a strong vampire community out there yeah we get uh, you I'm, but i'm gonna say y'all suck oh uh, you bet i was actually about to say it i was thinking no it's a terrible joke but i'm glad, I'm glad you did it i'm glad you did it um, um yeah no i i just yeah i love that scene too like like uh it's kind of like um you take the only thing I care about. I'm going to take everything from you. Oh, yeah. Like, you know. But uh, well, remember, remember like when, the, when he pours the brandy or whatever, again, whatever it was, mm -hmm. on the coffins, he walks up to a, a, a candelabra. Uh, Fancy. A, a, and, yeah, and he just... Well, he saw stick, it, dude. Yeah, when it had four, <laughs> I think that makes it a candelabra. Go figure. <laughs> and he pushes it over, but he does it so nonchalant. Like, he does it the same yeah. with, with absolutely no gusto. You know, yeah. he just doesn't care. Yeah. Like, and even if he, he he didn't seem to go in with the idea that he was going to get out alive. Because yeah. he wasn't, like, stealthy or anything like that. He was fast enough in the sense that he just got on with it. But he was just like, fuck it, I'm taking my shot. Yeah. It was something so cool about that. And that's pure action. I love and I, I was love the fact that Anne Rice could look at the screenplay and go, right, this is beautiful. I think I've got the I think the dialogue is excellent. The dialogue's a ten. The yeah. dialogue is a ten. Oh, 100%. Uh but uh 
she I love the fact that she would have thought that perhaps it was already in the books we haven't read the books we don't yeah. know but that it needs action it needs yeah. something for you for you to grab well, onto I, and it had it scene, even that it didn't lack in that scene that I like to refer to when I do a bit of writing or whatever is that internal conflict is interesting but external conflict is exciting and that's exactly what Anne Rice I think was thinking yeah but you have all this internal uh, that's a good way of putting it you know it, what I yeah. mean you have all this introspection with Louis his uh, little bit the whole he, film is his introspection you know, you know, know I mean? because like, it's it's written it it starts at the end and yeah. works its way backwards I, I think because uh, it was Claudia nearly that kills the stat more than Louis and I know Louis has oh, the body yeah you know I think this is finally Louis outlet for his rage that he's held on to for hundreds of years yeah like and this is what it was and this was the chance to like pretty much the last bit of purity in his life even though she was far from pure was Claudia because she was a serial killer yeah like clearly like, no, she, oh, was, she was uh, she was, she was, she was so wicked Louis. she was yeah. so wicked no, I think she was more Lestat's daughter than Louis oh yeah, yeah. well yeah because her and and, and the, the tactics her she and Lestat were, were genocidal yeah. together they wiped out families yeah Family um, annihilators. Family annihilators. Yeah. yeah. I, I I actually nearly forgot that scene. Sorry to cut across. Remember the the they're sitting with the family and they're like singing, and in the next scene is all the coffins being brought out. Yeah. I'd forgotten that scene. Like I was like, fuck, that's brilliant. Yeah, that, yeah. it was just fantastic. But they, they devoured families together or something. Was there, or yeah. something like that. And Louis like, loved her. Uh, he couldn't give. He couldn't forgive Lestat. Uh, but I think again, he all he could see was a child. Yeah. That's that, and that was just as simple as that. And the closest thing he could ever possibly have to a daughter. Yeah, and he lost his daughter as well. So he lost his daughter. Transference. And it's not like for all his flaws, he was trying to make Louis happy. He did seem to really want. Oh, it's that he did. He just wanted a companion. Yeah, he wanted to share in his fucking mayhem. This fucking the glee of the kill. He just wanted to create another Lestat, but in in a weird sense, he never created another Lestat with Louis, but he did with Claudia. Yeah. And that was when he was actually fall. trying to just create, a, yeah, yeah, and he was, was trying to create fall. like a, a companion for he, Louis. He overachieved. Yeah, like he was too successful. What would a what would a Lestat do if he was confronted with another Lestat? Yeah, do you know what my theory was? A little bit was, do you know the way she's so hungry? I yeah. know that's put down to a child's gluttonous, but like she's a child of poor of the, like a, she was like a pauper. She died of the plague, probably starving to death as well. But Louis was a man of privilege, never had a, a want. His stomach was always full. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, it's kind of weird that when they died, Louis nearly never seemed to really have much of an appetite. Like, he was kind of... He, eventually, he gave into it, and he was like, I'm just going to hunt people. Yeah. I'm going to kill people. But she always was always hungry. It's kind of like her... Star- she's died of starvation. She's died of yeah. disease. And well, it's like... It's like, like co- it, you know, it carried like, over. It's like a buffet table is always there like for her. Stranger Things, where she... she <coughs> Eleven <laughs> breaks into the diner, and the guy goes, look, listen, yeah. kid, you can have what you want. And all of a sudden, she's just like burgers and fries. And yeah, fucking, exactly. Like, you, you know, know what I mean? It was, again, it, mm. it, 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 she was offered bounty, mm. and she took it. Because that's, that's probably insane. all. Yeah, like, it's a good point. She yeah. was a starving child, and she was offered a buffet, and she's like, "I'm going to eat my fill." For yeah, the first oh, absolutely, time in my life. yeah. Whereas and, Louis uh, was a man of privilege; he was offered a buffet, and he's like, "I've been offered buffets all my life." Yeah, I'm fed up with buffets. Absolutely. And now this buffet is attached to anguish, and it has a face. And, yeah, and, and eventually I, I, he, gives I, I, into, he knows loss. Yeah, he knows loss because he was like, uh, Kirsten Dunst as uh, Claudia wasn't a survivor. She they, they caught her at the final second and yeah. they turned her. But, uh, and he fell Louis off was from a starvation. Yeah. yeah. And uh but Louis Louis was a survivor. Yeah. He you know, he he, he wanted for nothing. Yeah, he's he, a plantation owner, he's a wealthy man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. He's aristocrat, like you know. And I loved I mean what Christian, I was twenty three, but times were different. I was already man uh, by then or something like yeah, that. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is amazing when you think back by the, and like seventeen or eighteen year olds and they're like fucking owning land and everything, like you know. Yeah. It must have been insane, like you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, like imagine being a twenty-three-year-old man, and I, Jesus Christ, I'm totally against slave labor. Imagine being a twenty-three-year-old man and owning all that shit. Like it just must be a completely different mindset. Oh like, yeah, yeah. When yeah. I was twenty-three, like it's you know completely I mean? alien. It's completely yeah, yeah. It, like in, in obviously like, like, no, you can't like, gloss nothing. over the absolute abhorrentness of slavery or yeah, the yeah. or even and, and a lot of uh, the a lot of the awful shit that went on back then, but the same, but just just to look at it again without judgment, yeah. from just from like the perspective of fiction, yeah. to say this was an an insane time for people. Yeah, imagine you know, things moved a, faster. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Imagine being like a twenty two year old or twenty three year old and owning this fucking massive fucking plantation. Like, yeah, like I, that must be just like 
fucking weird. Like, because that's the same in modern times. Imagine being that'd be like being Mark Zuckerberg nowadays. Yes. Or some shit like that, where you own this, yeah. like, because like a cotton plantation back then, you're talking millions of dollars back yeah. in the 1700s or 1800s. Like, it's like billions now, like, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, it's just fucked up how fast time must have moved back then. Because, like, it must have been like, like, literally, uh, you're a child yeah. for a couple of years. And then you're like adolescence was pretty much manhood nearly yeah. back then, and then by the time you're early twenties, it's At like thirteen being, onwards you're becoming a man. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? It's yeah. like the early twenties is like nearly our forties nearly. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know, needed to be. Uh, you needed your station in life at that yeah. stage. Yeah. You know, that's what I thought was like kind of fucked up when you kind of look back then and you see what it was like to be such a young dude. And that's what yeah. I like, I liked uh, the Brad Pitt talked about that. I was like, I was 23, but I was already a man. And like, he'd lived a full life. His wife had already died. His child had already died. It's like, literally he was ready for death and he was 23. It's like, he'd already been 50 or 60. Cause like he owns a plantation. He has this massive wealth. His family's already passed away. This is the kind of stuff that you think like a 50 year old man like when you listen to a 50 runs, how what what did you experience in life? Well, I own a massive plantation. I have all these people working under me or whatever, you know, the slave labor, yeah. whatever, back in the times. Like, oh, my wife passed away. My child passed away. I go, what age you? I'm 23. You'd expect yeah. them to say I'm 55. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so it's kind of like he lived Life his expectancy whole... was shorter. Yeah. What was expected of you? And like, like, you know, we still have things in the world like arranged marriages and stuff like that. There was just like especially in affluent society there yeah. was what was expected of you at a certain age was just was just mind-boggling it's yeah. insane to us now yeah uh, especially know. back in you know their culture as well in the, in the south because yeah I was, I was being irish you know there's one thing we fucking hate slave labor you know what i mean like yeah, so it's such a weird yeah, yeah. mindset to try to get into like you know what i mean like um but like i, I just love the way even brad picking alludes to us like i could tell you about my life but i'll tell you about my vampire he lived an entire life by the time he was 23, like, you know what I mean? And that's what he kind of alludes to. I lived this whole life already, but I'm going to tell you about my life after my life, the life yeah. after death. And I just thought that was kind of beautiful storytelling and just a little minute little line that I was 23, but well, uh, times were different. I was already a man at that stage. Yeah. I was already a man by then. Because he's literally saying, I've already lived a life by the time I was 23. Let me tell you about my new life. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, before we go to the break, do you want to talk a little bit more about anything else? Or we just leave it to No, we'll, we'll talk about the break. There's a lot to talk about when we come All right, cool. Um, all right, folks. Uh, I'm your host, Vincent Green. I'm your host, Smalls on Tui. All right, we'll see. Uh, sorry, we've got Carmack in the back. And, uh, this is Invasion of Pie Snatchers. And we'll see you after the break with more Interview the Vampire. And now, word from our sponsors. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween, Super Shabbat. Happy Happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy Happy Halloween, Super Shabbat. Welcome back from the break. I'm your host, Vince Green. I'm your host, Lonzo Dewey. This is Invasion Potty Snatch. We've got Cara Mack in the back, and we're back with some more interview with the vampire. So, no, we left off when Louis extracted his revenge, and we talked a little bit about how he alluded to his life before becoming a vampire. But I want to kind of pick up, like, we all spoke about his relationship with Lestat and Claudia and stuff, and how both of them were kind of poisonous to him, to use it nowadays terms, they're toxic to him. Mm. Um, and, um, uh, like, I want to talk a little bit more about his life after Paris after claudia after lestat where he actually became i think he what do you, what do you call uh, refer to it as after lestat's death we were like two orphans that had been let out into the night or some shit like that now he's a singular orphan he's on his own he's got no claudia in his ear he's got no lestat in his ear and yeah. this is the kind of the first time where he lives his life kind of the way he wants yeah. and that's to be very quiet in the shadows and just being living amongst people and like obviously feeding as he, what's he said to christian slayer i feed the people across my path or some shit like that yeah. like you know what i mean so he's an opportunistic feeder he's not a hunter yeah you know what i mean and that's i think that's the way he always wanted to be and i think when you take away lestat and claudia that he becomes less predatorial because he's only being predacious because of the company he keeps and that's why i talked about earlier like lestat actually tried to make a new uh, lestat in louis but he actually inadvertently met a new lestat in claudia 
who ended up being his demise. Yeah. And that's why Louis, until he gets free of Claudia, who I think is every bit as much det- like detrimental to him as Lestat, even up, even up more so, because I think Lestat had a more controlled psychopathy, for lack of a better term. Like, he was he was like, he knew exactly what he wanted to kill, but because of Claudia's, she was turned as a he child. Became, yeah, yeah. Because he, yeah. he, he did... She was more. He didn't have a plan. He he he'd move in somewhere. He'd feed from there. He won't necessarily go straight back to that place. Yeah. You know he had ways. Because he of, can leave for because he years. wanted to blend. Yeah, you could leave yeah. for a hundred years. Uh, but like when it came to Claudia again, they were family annihilators. Yeah. It was it, like again, like you alluded to that time where they're singing with the family, and then it's a load of coffins coming out. They did not need to feed that much. Yeah, exactly. Overkill. Like, apparently, a person would get at least one person seems to get them over X period of time. Yeah, certainly over enough period of time that killing and it, and obviously killing two people at the same time is completely wasteful. Yeah, it's just it, it's, it's like eating two fucking ribeye steaks. Yeah, exactly. The second one's not going to taste delicious as the but first see, one. It's like eating two half ribeye steaks. Uh, ordering two, you know what I mean? Like, cause yeah. you're so probably I doubt like they sanguinated. That, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I doubt they sanguinated yeah. everyone they killed. Because they just, just them dry. Did they though? You know what yeah. I mean? They didn't need to. Eventually, it became the fun of the kill. Yeah, we can only bleed them as far as death anyway. Because um, if you... Oh, can't... What does Louis say? No, what does Lestat say to Claudia? It's like if you... If you don't, if you give in too much, that will can he take care or some shit? Yeah, yeah. Because that's where you the, You follow the, the victim. Yeah, exactly. You take yeah. them to the brink and you've pushed yeah, let them, them over go. the edge. You and just let them go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that's why. Oh, that's it's a fucking beautifully written fucking movie. But this though, is what I mean, it? like, and it was. This is, I mean, even like, I, I, I know it's not the right word, and I apologize for not having the better one. But everything about this was kind of sexy. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it was just, it, just the layout. The, the, it was so demure and everything. Yeah. It was so. I just think, yeah, beautiful is nearly a better term. Beautiful, yeah, yeah, yeah it because, was, yeah, yeah um, because like, like just the dialogue, the way it looked, the way it felt, even though it looked kind of dirty at the same time which is that period of course like yeah. hygiene back then must have been atrocious like yeah, the powder like that one thing Louis always reminded me of is a guy that wears a powdered wig you know that kind yeah, of way yeah, like yeah. you know that, and the reason they wore powdered wigs is because they're often dying of syphilis like you know what I mean and the powdered wigs were often scented and they used to cover the, the, the smell of the rot from the syphilis and that's the kind of Louis kind of he, he was the kind of personification that in a lot of ways because he was rotten or sorry not Louis uh, Lestat uh, Lestat was um, the guy that kind of reminded me of the power of the rig. I don't know yeah. if I said Louis a second ago, but um, he kind of reminded me of that. He was like the personification. He was dying constantly because he was a vampire. He was dead. And he had this real kind of upper class, this perfectionist kind of look, this blonde hair. It was all like not tied back. All like, you know what I mean? He just looked like the per- the, uh, the proper person of that time. But yeah, he was rotten underneath. He was yeah. slowly decaying and slowly dying kind of like a syphilitic victim you know what i mean like, yeah yeah and that's, that's why i kind of like and they're not immortal in the classic sense that that that, 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 that what they're doing is constantly staving off death yeah and they're they, they've found a way to maintain a status quo yeah um it's not like you know they can be hurt and they can they can be killed but well, of course it's, it's all about staving off and i mean you have to understand i, I thought it was just brilliant just I thought Christian Slater kind of had a minimalistic role, I guess you could say, in this. Yeah. He's quite simply He's a witness. Yeah. He's the witness. He asks a couple of questions. Uh, he, you know, he gets pinned against the roof. and uh, yeah. uh, But he, taking all of this in, I love when sometimes it was, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go as far as levity, but he was just like, like, this is the interview to end all interviews. Yeah. <laughs> like this this changes humanity. Yeah, this, exactly. This is, Our understanding of existence. Yes, but he was he, yeah. but he was a very cool well he was Christian Slater, you know, yeah. he was well, well cast if you want somebody yeah. who's kind of like See you Slater. Yeah, see you Slater. <laughs> but he was so um he was so well cast, he was so kind of suitable to the role. He he didn't get to unfortunately have the the really killer lines or yeah. or, or the killer scenes really because it's not about that. But it, just just Sometimes I like you, you kind of forgot that it was being narrated from a, a little room, yeah, in 1994. Uh, and sometimes and it sucks you back in, and you kind of go, Wow! And it, and going back to those scenes of Slater, it made the film because it's so expansive, it, it segmented the film for me, yeah. And you remember, like, because there was like when they lived in New Orleans, yeah, and it's when they they, they crossed the sea to Paris, was it? Or Christian right? Slater was pretty much a, a human cutscene, oh, he was, yeah. that's what I mean, like, yeah. he was, but, but a very fluid one, yeah. Because they were able to jump 30 years. At the end of a scene, they just jumped 30 years later. And it goes, because he could say something like, 
and it went on like that for some time and yeah that would be fine that would yeah. be enough and then it just fades to black slowly yeah. and then we went here and then yeah and then it was then like the I, just, I remember it was on they're not actually at a steam engine yeah because like, it's obviously just the, the, what did he say when sailboats gave way to steam engines yeah i love that line yeah like, exactly. I, like, such one little phrase you're talking about encompassing a great period of time yeah and that's all you have to say Sailboats gave way to steam engines. But this is this lines. is just this That's is just and right, she's a bit is, of a genius. Oh no, right? she is. I mean, her, her way with the actual written word. Yeah, is, like I, I love story, clever storytelling like that. One line and it could be encompassing fifty or sixty. Yeah, years. why get bogged down in it or, yeah. or have a monologue about how much the world changed? Mm. Uh, sometimes it's just this one little line, but it invokes so much. If you're an immortal, you. how would you remember certain periods of time? You won't remember. Oh, that was ten years ago. Yeah, that was twenty years ago. You go. I remember when sailboats gave way to. Uh, I remember when stale, uh, sailboats gave way to steam uh, steamboats, or stale, sorry, sail ships gave way to steamboats. Like, if you're just thinking about that part of time, you go, okay, that could have been a period of fifty years. You know what I mean? And yeah. in that, that's how he'd remember it. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I uh, how it's like how long have you been like go? Well, I remember when the necropolis fell or something shit like yeah. that. He wouldn't say, oh, I remember hundreds of years ago. Because I remember when the dial-up modem gave away. <laughs> yeah, That's know. all we got, like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but I just think... I remember that, when CD collections became... Yeah, I just think that's... If you're an immortal, you wouldn't remember in years because you lose track of time. I think you'd remember... It becomes it. relevant. You wouldn't know when your birthday was. Yeah, but you'd remember big events. Big events. Like, I remember when the, uh, they stopped using uh, horses. It could even be like... Cars, you know, that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that like, was it. Or even just what... You, you barely noticed it because it happened so gradually, but then you're like... Gradually the, to you. Because you go yeah. back to Chicago for the first time yeah. and you kind of go, last time I was here... You know, like this was all stalls, horses and wagons, horses. Yeah. yeah, and now look, um, and the cars go everywhere. Yeah, and that was it. And that was that. See, that's the one part of it that actually is a gift. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I, who, like, who wants to live forever? As Queen famously said. But, yeah, I take but, but witnessing that. Yeah, I take witnessing it. that. It would be just. Could you imagine if you were immortal and you were turned back in the day and you lived from Roman times up to now? Oh yeah. Imagine yeah. your understanding of like existence and humanity. Yeah, I think a lot of people say you'd feel a great futility, a great apathy. Because you'd see the great circle of life and the great rep uh, reputation of history and future. The same mistakes been made. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Over the course of time, just by different people in different places. In different contexts. Yeah. And I think that's, two different mediums. I mean, yeah, fucking... I think that's why a lot of times in these kind of stories and vampires, the older they get, the more apathetic they get. Like um, uh, in Alexander Skarsgård in True Blood, like for a long period of time, it started out him and his uh, companion, I can't remember her name. They're kind of just completely apathetic to human existence because they've seen it all, done it all. They've seen it all before. Yeah. And that's why the older vampire becomes, oftentimes become more predacious because they see us as silly human looking apes that just keep making the same yeah. fucking mistakes in different places with different technologies under different names and they just have different color skin but they keep making the same mistakes throughout for infinitum throughout the history of man and eventually they become so apathetic that you just view them as food and i think that's yeah. why i think like the older vampire gets the more disconnected they become with their former humanity because they see us as bumbling idiots or whatever because they've seen our mistakes throughout generations upon generations upon generations. I got you, yeah. And that's why you create this distance, the older vampire, like an Armand, who's 400 years old. And he has this com complete disconnect, not just with humans, but with vampires. Because even though vampires are immortal in air quotes, he's probably seen generations of vampires yeah. come go make similar mistakes out in themselves at the wrong time hunting at the wrong time and he becomes apathetic to his own species yeah even as much as well, he didn't belong to a coven uh, a common uh, or whatever you want you to know call what I mean? it but, you know what i mean and he just he allows louis we touched on it on the break that he actually allows louis to kill all of them just because he wants a companion that he feels is worthy of himself yeah because he sees louis i think what was it the stat says or is it no armand says an immortal that holds on to his humanity or some shit like that. Yeah. What a beautiful thing that is or something. And like, I think he finds it to be interesting. He's probably looking at vampires as much as humans as this same cycle. Yeah. And he's just become like, that's what I'm saying. Like, but they were like, they had this play thing set up. Yeah. It was like they had a, a, a scheme. Yeah. Just to feed. And and if you're 400 years old already at this time, you go, you go weary this, so like, much. He's probably yeah, seen this yeah. like genius idea in air quotes again. Yeah. Hundreds of times. Yes. You know what I mean? And it probably always ends badly for this coven or whatever because yeah. they were going to get out with eventually. And like, or they're going to turn on the wrong person like what they did with Louis. And Louis exacted a fucking incredible revenge. And he was Crazy. actually, he's the one that frees Louis from the wall. Pulls him out of the wall. And, you know and what I mean? Like, the coffin, yeah. yeah I just think but that, not in time to save Claudia. Yeah, because like, I just think like the greater, like uh, what I love about these kind of stories, like 
older the vampires become they become apathetic not just to humans as we touched on but also if you look at our mind towards vampires as well because they're fed up with that great cycle and they're just living to live their existence to exist and i just think that creates this great like singularity or something to these really old vampires i can look at a louis he's existing amongst humanity but also outside humanity by the time he gives his interview with christian slater and he even thought about in a harpy he could have killed christian slater like, you know what I mean? Like, because he even thought about killing him first, didn't he, in the alley yeah. or something. And he decided that uh, he he was interested enough not to kill. Yeah. Because he was watching him, watching him or something, wasn't it? Like, so I just think that kind of thing is like, like Armand, the way he picked up on Louis, it's someone that interested him. And he wanted to take yeah. him on in the same way that Louis wanted Something to Something he hadn't seen. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what it was, essentially. Yeah. It boils down to 400 years. He was surrounded by exactly, vampires. Yeah. And they're all like, ooh, and ah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hissing like, in the night, showing their theatrics, uh, grand displays of power. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, And that's something he didn't do, like, you know? It was... Uh... God, it was such a good film, man. You know, like, and it's 27 years old, and it just stands up. Yeah. You just watch it and go, yeah, this, this is... This is a great film. Like, just the full context of it yeah. and the entire execution of it. And it's a hard film to look at from start to finish in one kind of thought. It's yeah. almost too big. Yeah. Which is why I thought, again, the, the genius of the screenplay was segmenting it through the eyes of, of Christian, Christian Slater. Slater. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, there's so many... There's I, I think it was before we really entered into... Malloy is his name. Malloy. Mm. It was before we entered entered into the real era of like True Blood and fucking Twilight and fucking we had that <laughs> vampire renaissance in the, the the early tens, you know. Once again, a case of missing the point, isn't it? Like yeah. where they went there over. There was so much beautiful. Stuff. There was so so much beauty to this film that I wish they had carried across. Yeah, like 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 vampires being of a different age and speaking of a different age and having different. Inter- I don't know. It all it all just got very corny. Yeah. It got so fucking good. And that's one thing, you, it, this film, you could say it, it almost feels hammy at times because it's so Victorian or high society. Yeah. And they speak so clearly and so well. And but it holds on to that dankness. But yeah, it somehow did. Look, look, like, look there was something that. putrid under it. Yeah, like exactly. That is it. That yeah. is it. That, you know, was, that's what reminded me of the syphilitic. Yeah, thing. no, that, yeah. I thought it was a good analogy. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it just, that, that's what. Something yeah. putrid. Like, look really. at Louis when he comes back, or sorry, Lestat when he comes back. Yeah. Like, he is like, that is like, it's kind of like Dorian Gray. Like, yeah. you finally get to see what the fucking painting looks like. Oh, I love that. You know oh, what I mean? I, exactly. Yeah, yeah I that's absolutely. what it kind of is, though. Like, we finally get to see the true Lestat when you take away this beautiful exterior of Tom Cruise or whatever, this beautiful pruned man, this the epitome of high society, you take it away and we finally see what he really is underneath. And that's what I love about that part with the stat when he's rotten and he's disgusting and he's like a shadow of himself when he finds him. He's like afraid of like a little bit of artificial light and everything. But you finally get to see Lestat boil down to what he truly is underneath this fucking veneer he's painted on top, top of himself to show the world. And you finally see him as this like fucking rotted fucking mutant creature that all he wants to do is feed on anything and get his hands on. You know what I mean? Like, And it's just like he's just a, a monster. And you take away that veneer and you and you get to see what he really is after yeah. Claudia betrays him. You get to see the monster beneath, like you know. You what see, I mean? you still wanted Louis back. Yeah. If you have you come home to me, like. Yeah, Because you know? <laughs> yeah. like, how long has that been? Four or five hundred years, maybe? No. No, no, no. No, be less. Two or three hundred yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. Because of um, America is only a couple of hundred years, two hundred fifty years old, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, seven, isn't she? She's a beaut. Yeah, she's a fair I'll, old country. So I'll take is. her. She's a fair old country. I'll take it. I'd say she's even a continent. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. At the end of this film, you just sat down and went like, "That was kind of like the art of film." Yeah. As opposed to the, the fanfare, and there's a lot of it, and I love it. Yeah. So, you know, so I'm not going to be like, ah, hi, you know, as in every film has to have that kind of that gravitas and that kind of, you know, expansive storytelling. I, I, I like. But when you have uh, Anne Rice, Neil yeah, Jordan. But with this, you just kind of went, this was an important film. And you were, we, we talked, we were talking about films that have aged real well. We we're wondering if Quite Place, for example, was going to, you know, yeah. be looked back up on as a watershed moment in horror, etc. Yeah. We do not know this in the fullness of time. But I know now that as this approach is, as this is closer to 30 than it is to 20, yeah. um, that this film is an important film. Yeah. Not just one that's really held up. I think it's important. I, I think it should, should be, maybe perhaps is shown in film schools because in terms of dialogue, like it's incredible yeah and the scope of the story the scope of the story mm. incredible and somehow making it not get boring 
yeah. because they, they 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 it wasn't like huge action scenes or uh and it wasn't repetitive even though there was a lot of things that happened multiple times throughout yeah. with vampires feeding yeah um but at the same time you just thought wow what it was even really well paced yeah it somehow is extremely well paced while being a slow burn i and that's hard man that's yeah. that's a couple of spinning that's a, plates that's a proper slow burn yeah, yeah. It, that's a lot of spinning plates yeah and it, and it handles them all so well yeah and it covers a time period of what a couple of hundred years like, you know yeah I, mean? I remember when when um when he kills because it starts before america's america because yeah. he mentions we're now he, we're all america kills now. him in front of a headstone and i think the headstone was of somebody who died in 1715 and it was a fresh kind of looking headstone yeah so i remember it's probably like that could have been a 10 years after that or 20 you know what i mean like this was 1730 720 yeah. so you're talking british occupied america yeah british occupied america yeah. tensions building uh civil war on the way kind yeah. of america yeah, because he lived in the south, so yeah. it would have been pre-Civil War because slave labour was still slave going on. Slave labour was still going on, yeah. And uh, oh, I, I thought it was great. I, I, again, you just you'd have scenes like read her thoughts, and again, we already touched upon it. But you're you're kind of like, yeah, I'm a monster, but I know I'm a monster. Yeah. Look at this woman here, like sitting in high society, you know, yeah. having people kiss, they literally kiss her ring, and and uh she's a monster she's yeah. just as much a monster like you know? exactly she's yeah. just not old enough to have been able or, or as physically strong and fast yeah that she can do it on the scale that the stock can but yeah if she wanted something or if, 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 if she would take it and there was it made me think i remember thinking in that scene that okay so feeding off animals is possible but putrid feeding off people is the like is the creme de la creme but, yeah the creme yeah. de la creme but also immoral yeah and i was just like <laughs> The feed, monsters, yeah, feed off bad people, feed off them, but, but feed off the monsters, yeah, like feed off the people that no one's going to mourn. Is that what you do as your vampire? That's yeah, fuck yeah. yeah, that's what I'm doing. Like, I'm getting are we, are we writing a Dexter vampire show? I here? Think, I, oh my god, I think oh, we're writing yeah. a Dexter, hey, Carl, could that shit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a monster, yeah. a monster feeder, you know? yeah, um, but fucking that, 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 but I think unfortunately. Brad Pitt didn't get the gift of being able to read thoughts, so he ended up kind of just giving in and feeding on people across his path. Yeah. Because I think if he did have that ability, he'd go to a dive bar. Yeah. And literally pick out Johnny fucking, you know, killed his wife, insurance money, got away with it. Yeah. And that's it. That's the that's the that's the one he's taking home tonight. Yeah. It's kind of like he hates existing the way he is, but yeah, he cannot stop existing the way yeah. he is. And after two hundred yeah. years, it's either like walk out into the sun or accept it. And he decided to accept it. Yeah. He decided that the world is at least in. You'll never have happiness. Yeah. But the world is interesting enough to stay around, and because he was saying like, I got to see the sun for the first thing. You know, he already touched upon. Yeah. It. But like the fact of the matter is, from a man that was born. At like maybe the very end of the 16th 1600s yeah. into the early 1700s and here he is in the mid 1990s and what he's seen is so fascinating that he at least wants like what comes next is enough to keep him around yeah i, I think he, as well it's that vanity of human existence yeah we'll make it last as long as we want or, or as long as we can not as long as we want but you know no, it's as long as we can yeah, yeah you know what i mean like and i think that's just the way it is like when you become like if you become immortal you can say, oh, I feed on humans, this, that, and the other. We'll go, well, how old are you? I'm about 400. You feed on a lot of humans then, weren't you? I was like, yeah. Maybe it did. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Because it's just the thing where you get locked in this cycle of existence. And that's yeah. like, you know, it's like consume, we f- eat food, drink water, live another day, we live. And that's yeah, always that, the He's just, he's a working Joe in Anne Rice's world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? He's a guy that gets up and just gets through his day. Yeah. In, but but through the visionary yeah. that is Anne Rice. Yeah. I, it, I, I read one book by her called Taltos. It was beautiful. She's just, she's just, her, she just has a way with words, man. Yeah. It's like, and, and a great story. She'll do well for herself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this young uh, race one. She'll be a, ha- yeah. Thanks <laughs> to us, she's going to be a household name. Yeah, <laughs> it's what we do here. It's what we do, yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, we Rice. make stars. If we we're do. not in the forward of our next yeah. book, I'll be disgusted. I think they call us the Kingmakers. I think that's what they call I us think on all the On the street. Out. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Producers of me, yeah, Kingmakers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I, I was like, if you look over Interview the Vampire, it just shows you that you can tell a beautifully gothic tale without ever letting go of how filthy and nasty not only was life back then, but what experience would be like to be a predacious creature like a vampire. That even though you want to uh, convey or portray this kind of like beautiful, romanticized version of the vampire, seductive, like you can catch under his trawl, all these things. But at the end of the day, it's uh, a man eater. 
And that's yeah. what I love about Interview of the Vampire. It captures all these things that, it, in a sense, that has glorified the subgenre of horror. And in the sense, it glorifies them in purpose. And then it shows you how nasty it really is. Yeah. And that's what I love about Interview of the Vampire. Like, it allows itself to glorify all the things that have already been glorified throughout history in terms of the vampire lore yeah. and the vampire mythos. And then it shows you what a vampire really is. Eating rats, eating poodles, eating an alligator. Yeah. So he's, he's, I mean, he strikes, he's, he's bought like, what an incredible existence and what a pitiable existence. Yeah. It can be, it shows it's, you what it can yeah, be. Yeah, the, the juxtaposition this, that this comes This glorious with. agelessness or this living in dark shadows, eating yeah. vermin. Eating vermin, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, like, and Louis lived both ends of the spectrum. Like, yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like in the stat system, you can feed on rats, dogs, poodles, whatever you want, whatever you want. Because like, he's just like, that stage, it's just like he's actually humored by him. Like, yeah, you know actually, I mean? that was it. He, yeah. he went from being frustrated to actually seeing it as funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, you do you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah, he knows he's going to come around eventually. Yeah. Yeah, and he's probably seen this before. Like the futility of trying to fight against your very nature. He might mention, well, that's the thing, because he's he's introduced to us and he doesn't do the Brad Pitt Louis. He doesn't say my story begins two hundred years ago. He didn't yeah. do that. He was he he was what he was when yeah. we met him. We exactly. don't find out. And we, we don't know how long he's been. We, like yeah, that. we don't know how long he's been yeah. like that. Which Queen of the Damned might fill us in. That's why I might go back and watch yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought at the end of the film, I thought like I thought Tom Cruise's best line was like he just pulls Christian Slater into the back of his own car and goes, I assume I need no introduction. Who'd seen Tom how to drive? Uh, yeah, I, I so it's a good question. Do you see how like he just one hand, then yeah. one hand. He's yeah. just so comfortable. And he's like still wearing the Victorian gear. Yeah, yeah. He pulls out his sleeve. Yeah. yeah. It's like, he's going, oh, he must I've been listening found. to this whining for for centuries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he, Brad Pitt, uh, Tom Cruise, he was fantastic yeah. in this movie. A proper villain. Oh, my God. He was spectacular. Yeah. And he was like, what was that one? Pineapple Express or whatever. He played uh, the... No, Tropical Thunder. Tropical the Thunder. Gross he was one. fucking excellent as that. A complete comedy role. But just seeing him so far outside of what we expect from him. Yeah. Action hero. Yeah, because he was so, phenomenal. Like in collateral, like it touched on early. He's got such range and we don't yeah. get to see it enough, which is a pity. You know what yeah. I mean? Which is a pity. But then again, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to shed too many tears for the, the career of Tom Cruise. Is oh, that. no, I'm saying a pity for us as an audience, not Tom Cruise. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know absolutely. I mean? like, 100% you know, agree He's got a whole made up religion there and mm. everything. <laughs> yeah yeah I said it come at me Scientology I said yeah. it ah, I'm feeling pretty... strong today yes those guys are pretty chill about criticism <laughs> yeah. no hashtag whatever you believe in yeah hashtag whatever you believe in hashtag you do you you do you yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell me what we take away from today yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's worse things in the world than vampires yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah said it <laughs> um, so no before we get the fuck out of here do you want to say anything else about Interview the Vampire I loved it I stood up to watching if you haven't watched it in a long time, you could do an awful lot of worse than pop a bottle of wine, sit down. It's a, it's it's a it's a it's a real it's a movie. It's a cinematic experience. Yeah, it is. It's a really exactly that. It's a cinematic experience. Like, but it's something that we don't really get enough. Like yeah, exactly. You know I, I, mean? I, I, I only realized how hungry I was for it when it's like when you smell something yeah. and realize how hungry you actually Mary are. Mary Shelley's Frankenstein be something to be kind of akin to it with Keith Branagh or Kenneth Branagh, Keith Branagh, Jesus Christ, Kenneth Branagh. He played Doctor Victor Frankenstein. Robert De Niro played Frankenstein's monster. That's what kind of something that kind of caught that romanticized version of the Victorian age, but at the same time caught this really nasty grittiness. And it's like the, the plague and everything. It's like a plague doctor, I think, as well in there or some shit. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's been a while since I've seen that movie, but I think like like movies like Interview the Vampire and, and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and Kenneth Branagh, um, I think they captured the the perfect essence of the storytelling. And even though like Interview the Vampire is not Bram Stoker's Dracula, but it captures this beautiful like what that story kind of should be yeah you know what i mean like this like guy that can exist in my high society and feed on him and they don't even realize it you know that kind of thing like i got you and i just love the way it captured the victorian age but also gave me the more i watch it, it gives me more this sense of like you're seeing and just an immortal serial killer really when you look at it and like his his mo his his way of operating among society and his way of like ingratiating himself into different circles before he fucking wipes them out. Yeah. And it's just a very interesting take, like a serial killer story. It's kind of like you're looking at what if Jack the Ripper was a Oh, absolutely. A yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, that kind of way yeah. and the way he ties with his kill and stuff. It's just, it's just, just so interesting. So a many mouse, different levels. It's like a mouse playing with its prey. A cat playing with a mouse. Cat, 
Yeah, uh, my mouse. Yeah, <laughs> mouse killing a cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, this kid interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I don't know why. I won't. Other, <laughs> other story idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just kind of want to meet that mouse. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's. I just think, like as you said, it's just like the way they the, the told the story throughout time and the different shades it took throughout time as well. That is so interesting because it encapsulated not only a grand period of time, but encapsulated a great story from this embryonic vampire to becoming this like long fucking living immortal that's lived life, lived through existence and sees existence. And he doesn't even hold rage or grudges anymore. He's just, he just exists now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when he went back to uh, Lestat, like he didn't feel any malice towards him anymore. I don't, yeah. Lestat he, moves away from him in his yeah. chair and he's like, I, I wish you no harm or something. Yeah, because he lived like uh, five lifetimes. What's yeah. 200 years? Yeah. There's like four lifetimes since then. You know what I mean? Like, so like, and he kind of like, if, I, if you hate someone from five years ago you might see them again and you won't hold a grudge but imagine if you hated someone 200 years yeah, ago exactly and you see them yeah. again the grudge isn't even it's a memory an extreme, yeah it's an extreme example yeah, isn't yeah. It? you yeah, know what exactly. i mean i just love that thing it just encapsulates so much and it just gives you a real idea of the existence of an immortal even though it's only two hours and i know there's a tv series coming up i think amc or someone are doing it and maybe that will do the story extra justice because you can really spread it out over yeah, long form yeah. storytelling, even though I doubt if they're going to do any better than this. Because yeah. you got this actually felt like somebody who had lived all those hundreds of years yeah. and two hours suddenly isn't a very long time to try and tell that story. Yeah. And they did an excellent job. It's a it. perfect example of how you can tell a story that's vastly sprawling in two hours. Yeah. It's a perfect example of the theatrical experience. Perfect I mean, example yeah. of pacing. Yeah, exactly. Perfect yeah. example of pacing. So before we get the fuck out here, is that all you got to say? That's all I got to say. Yeah, that's all I got to say. So, all right, folks, thank you for listening. I'm Vincent Green. I'm Noel Duntui. This is Invasion Potty Snatchers. We got Carmack in the back, and we will be back again tomorrow with The Mist. All I'm going to say, folks, is the end in that movie is gut-wrenching. <laughs> it's, not, it's not good. It's, it's not good. hard watch. <laughs> and um, so, folks, see you next time. I'm your host, whatever the fuck. Peace out, motherfuckers. Peace out.